Hello, what's good? It's another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. It's a special edition. It's a mailbag episode, so we're going to check in with Brian Doan. He is a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. We will check in with Brian to get the latest on a number of top-tier prospects, including Tywon Malone and the influence that baseball could be having on his decision. He's a four-star defensive tackle out of New Jersey, a top 100 prospect in the 24-7 Sports composite. In the second segment after the break, we will also be catching up with Gabe Brooks to get the latest on Arkansas and what new coach Sam Pittman is doing to put the Razorbacks in the top 25 in the recruiting rankings. Remember, if you've got a question on a specific recruit or a specific team or a broader recruiting question and you want it answered on this show, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our analysts on the 24-7 sports team will hop on this show and answer those questions as we make a push for 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Joining us now on this latest edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast Mailbag, it's Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst stationed out in the Northeast, covers recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Brian, unfortunately, no soccer questions for you in this mailbag. I'm really disappointed. Yeah, well, too bad we should tape this after the Galaxy play tonight. People will be asking questions on why they still stink. Um, I mean... <laughs> There's a lot there. You can go a lot of different directions on that one. I could, I could, uh, <laughs> but it's an international break in, in the other realm. So uh, we're going to give you a break as well from the soccer talk and we'll pick that back up next time you're on the pod. Um, let's kick off this, this mailbag episode, uh, Brian, with a question from uh, NJ Trojan. He is um, looking, looking it up here. Uh, he's asking about Taiwan Malone. Now we had a lot of player, a lot of users on the 24 seven sports website asking about Taiwan Malone. Uh, and his question was, Brian, what are you feeling here? Oh, I'm feeling a lot of, uh, confusion in some regards and a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty with him and here's why usually you have it pretty locked down. You know, what's going on with recruits and with football, but uh, now, as you well know, Blair, I did cover the Dodgers for a few years when I lived out west. But the reason I bring that up is Taiwan Malone loves baseball. And, you know, he told me that baseball was really the bigger part of his decision right now. And then I spoke with his coach about, you know, what, you know, what exactly that means. And he said he knows a lot of these programs football-wise. He's watched them, whether it's Florida State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Tennessee, Rutgers, or USC, and those are his top six. But the big thing with him is he wants to play baseball, and it's not, you know, he's going to try. I mean, that's part of it. He's going to school to play football and baseball. So he's trying to learn about these programs from a baseball standpoint, you know, because he knows a lot about football. And so, you know, people that are, you know, you talk to about this stuff and, and some of the sources that I deal with, you know, keep saying, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida State. And it makes sense. Now, Rutgers is, you know, he's 15 minutes from the Rutgers campus where he lives, even though he goes to school in North Jersey at Bergen Catholic. But cold weather school, if you look, the rest of them are warm weather schools. I mean, I live in New Jersey. So to me, Nashville, Tennessee is warm weather, um, no matter how cold it gets in the winter. But he's got familiarity at Tennessee because a former quarterback from Bergen Catholic, Jared Guarantano, is the starting QB there. So there's a connection there. 
Um, he made a visit to Ole Miss in February. It was a baseball visit. So during a dead period for football, he was able to go on a baseball visit and look around campus. And he was set to visit Florida State right after the, the announcement from the NCAA that there were no visits in mid-March. He was supposed to go later in the month to visit Florida State. And it's a program that he really wants to find out more about. He wants to learn a lot more about the baseball aspect of it. He's a first baseman. And so he, he, that is the big part of his decision. So, you know, what am I feeling with Taiwan Malone? I, I, what I'm feeling is I need to learn more about these baseball programs and just how good they are and, and the amount of playing time he could get early in his career at some of these baseball programs. Yeah. So Taiwan Malone, a four-star defensive tackle, the number five prospect, at his position, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, and a top 100 player in football. Now, on the baseball side of it, you mentioned you, you want to know a little bit more about some schools. And, and, you know, looking at his profile on 24-7 Sports, he's got Florida State. He's got Ole Miss. He's got Tennessee. He's got a and I mean, these are all programs, and USC as well, that have traditionally been really good uh, in college baseball, programs that make a push for Omaha when it gets to it. Um, and it's, you know, a bit refreshing, I think, to hear a player discuss that as a, a driving force in his decision. Uh, you know, Brandon Huffman, national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, was on the podcast earlier this week discussing JT Tuimoloau and how basketball could play a role in his decision-making process later on in the cycle at some point next year. Uh, and then obviously he's a five-star defensive lineman. So a lot to, to look forward to with all these players especially since they focus on multi-sports. Um, and, and I think Taiwan Malone, his recruitment will be one of the more fascinating ones that I think we, we track in the coming months. Yeah, and I think one of the big reasons for that is, listen, if you tell me, you know, okay, he wants to go to Tennessee, and, and I could, you know, I'll tell you about the D-tackles or, or same with Ole Miss, Florida State, whatever. But I really don't know what Ole Miss's depth chart looks like at first base. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe that's a hole in my game I need to fix. And and I, I've done some research in terms of, you know, where he can play and, and what kind of level he is. And, and you know, but from my standpoint, it's really interesting. You know, and then there's other, you know, I talk to a lot of other people that say, listen, if he applied himself to just football, he, he – he could be a first day NFL draft pick. I mean, that's the kind of talent we're talking about at six, five, 300. Um, I've seen him play numerous times. I've been around him. I was at a workout a few weeks ago. I mean, the guy moves incredibly well. You know, he, he's the one leading the wind sprints at the end of a workout and it's just so fluid and you can just see how athletic he is. And, uh, you know, he, when he gets into a college program with football, he's going to have to increase his upper body strength. And, you know, he'll, he'll still be able to play at a very early time in his college career on, on, in football because of his talent and just his natural strength. But there, there's a lot of room for growth with him as a football player. Um, but, I mean, you, you don't want to take away that second sport because it, it's always fun and it takes a special kid to do it. And, you know, not only is he playing two sports and training for it and everything, he goes – 
goes to school about an hour and 15 minutes from his house. So he's making that commute every day as well. So he, he's putting in the time in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I'm just curious how it goes. You know, like I said, I, I keep hearing Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Florida State are the programs mentioned the most with him. He doesn't want to decide until – or doesn't plan on deciding until early January at an All-Star game. So there's plenty of time. His season is now underway. They'll be playing pretty much every weekend through, you know – the end of November. And so getting out to visit schools just on his own, it would be something to have to wait until December to do anyway. We're joined by sabermetrics guru, Brian Doan. Uh, <laughs> you, I think you're going to start to analyze uh, whether he's, he bats right-handed or left-handed, uh, how short the porches are right down left field or right field. I mean, he's going to, there's going to be so much going into this. Hey, I'll say this in terms of scouting and everything, you know, when I covered the Dodgers, you know, the way you get a lot of info, I don't plan on covering baseball anymore, so I can say this is, you know, you wind up building really good relationships with the scouts on the road. So you're on the road going to dinner with them all the time. And so you do pick up a lot of things as, you know, as far as whether his swing is compact and, you know, just all that stuff, you know, is the barrel out ahead of them and, you know, without getting too technical because, you know, because this is a, this is a college football recruiting <laughs> podcast. I mean, but so yeah, we, we stayed away from soccer, but here we are talking baseball. Yeah, we just mean, find a way, Brian. Don't. Jeez, uh, Louise. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but yeah, I mean, listen, he's a talented baseball player. Uh, I think you know, from stuff that you read or that I read, he's you know anywhere from number twenty to number thirty in the state of New Jersey in his class. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the talent on the football field is just jaw-dropping right we are joined by brian doan you can follow him on twitter at brian doan 247 the next question brian comes from south coast trojan he wants to know about four-star defensive end aaron armitage uh and he says so what's the word if signing day was today who would he sign with in your opinion yeah, I'm not big on those if a signing day was today because it's not. So I, as people know me on the message boards, I don't really do the hypothetical stuff. But what I do do is I'll say this. My crystal ball pick is on USC. My crystal ball pick is staying on USC. I feel comfortable with USC. I think, you know, he, he's looking at USC, Stanford, Oregon, um, and also Florida, and then he put Penn State as his fifth school. At one time, it was LSU, and he went back to Penn State. His former uh, – one of the assistant coaches at, at Blair Academy in New Jersey um, went to school with James Franklin from Penn State. So there's a connection there. Armitage, you know, for him, he's he's Canadian. He's from the Toronto area. But um, I, I, I felt USC for a long time. He, he loves Vic Soto, the defensive line coach there, who – was actually the first guy to offer him when, when Soto was at University of Virginia and Armitage has not forgotten that has maintained his relationship with Soto and, you know, academics are huge to him and his family. I mean, you know, you don't go to a boarding school like Blair where it's, you know, 55, 60,000 a year, um, you know, without academics being important. So I, I think that is also something to consider, but yeah, right now with USC, I, I, I felt like he almost committed there in June. It was very close to him doing it. He decided he wanted to wait and see if visits would open up. Obviously, visits have not opened up. What I'm hearing is he's going to try to enroll in January, which is not common with Blair Academy kids, but it can happen. So there's a little tidbit for you there, you know, all you out there in podcast land. But, um, yeah, for me right now, I, I feel like it's USC-Stanford battle. 
exclusive insights only on the podcast here yeah. from, Brian, from Brian Doan. Uh, the last question, Brian, before we let you get back to analyzing, uh, you know, opposite field approaches and, and whether or not he can scoop the ball at first base. Uh, this <laughs> one's going to be about Dante Thornton. He's a four-star wide receiver from Baltimore, Maryland, a top 100 prospect both in the composite and in the 24-7 sports rankings. Now, right now, the crystal ball reads all Oregon. 11 predictions, 11 for the Ducks. The question comes in from Steve7000, and this is on Duck Territory, uh, and he wants to know, still all Oregon? And then the other question comes from John State 003 Is Texas ruled out then? Well, okay. So a couple things. Right now, Thornton does not just plan on deciding in, until um, the All-American game down in San Antonio on January 2nd. Okay. So that that's first of all. Um, so there's plenty of time for other schools to get involved. Right now, my pick is on Oregon. It's going to stay on Oregon, but that doesn't mean that things can't change. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, Texas can't make a run. Texas just got into it. They offered him a month ago. He's not playing football this fall. There's no, you know, Maryland's not playing. He's going to graduate and enroll somewhere in January. And so what is he doing on Saturdays? He's watching college football and he's watching games and how offenses, you know, use the receivers. And he loves the fact that Texas uses big receivers and that they're throwing the ball over. And Sam Erlinger, you know, he's showing what Texas can do as an offense with putting up big numbers. Now, defensively, they got to fix it, but, you know, I don't think Thornton's really worried about that. You know, Florida State, he knows that he can go there and get into the rotation almost from day one. And they're talking about throwing the ball a lot. And then, he, you know, look, he's liked Oregon for a really long time. There was a time where he told me that that was his, you know, one of his dream schools or his dream school. Uh, he went out there last summer and, and really enjoyed it. And, you know, he, he envisions himself in that offense. There's, a, there's, you know, just a lot of things pointing in Oregon's direction. But I'm not ready to sit there and close the door a few months out, especially, you know, it, it wasn't too long ago that it looked like Diego Pounds, an offensive lineman from North Carolina, was heading to Penn State. And then lo and behold, a few days before his decision, he turns around and commits to North Carolina. So I, I know what the crystal ball saying, and I'm comfortable with my pick right now. But if you're Texas and you can start showing a lot more on offense, you know, and, and continue to pick the big numbers and he's watching these games on TV. Yeah. I mean, I don't rule that out. I mean, he's got USC, Florida state. I, I don't rule any of that stuff out to be honest. Yeah. And it's like you said, there's a long way to go still, especially if he's intending to announce early in 2021, Brian, thank you so much for joining us on this mailbag edition. Uh, maybe next time we can discuss a, a little bit more baseball, a little bit more soccer, uh, and and really provide our podcast listeners with a full array of your sporting expertise. Yeah, I'd like to not do the baseball, but you know when Liverpool's coming <laughs> off of a seven-two loss, here I'm all happy that man, you got hammered on you know during the day and then Liverpool comes up and, and loses seven to two. I mean they don't even give up seven goals in three months and they're giving up in, in ninety minutes. It's a weird year, Brian Doan. It's a Get weird year. Get me started, Blair. Get me started. That's on you, <laughs> man. That's on you. All right. That is Brian Doan, national recruiting analyst for twenty four seven sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan two four seven.
Joining us now on this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast Mailbag is Gabe Brooks. He covers college football recruiting for 24-7 Sports out in the great state of Texas, but covers all the states surrounding the Lone Star State. First of all, Gabe, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. What about you? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, Obviously, we're kind of, what, week five into the college football season. I don't know if any of us thought we'd actually get here. Uh, So now that it's actually here, it's actually fun and and good to have that distraction, to have that to look forward to every Saturday. I know, obviously, a couple conferences in the Power Five haven't kicked off, the Big Ten and the the Pac-12, but those are on the way as well. So we're continuing to kind of get the the ball rolling. And then, obviously, here at 24-7 Sports, we do a lot of the recruiting talk. You have a couple questions that you're about to tackle. The first one comes from Jeff Savage, the fourth, and this comes via Apple podcast review. So Jeff Savage, thank you so much for the five-star review. Your question is, love the podcast as an Arkansas fan. It's been tough on the field since Petrino left. However, we've recruited pretty well and don't seem to get much national love. What are some guys in the class, maybe a sleeper or two, for Arkansas that y'all like? Who would be the fe- who would be the best finish for this class? And lastly, what's the recipe for Coach Pittman to recruit his way above the Mississippi schools and compete more in that division? Okay, so that first question said so some guys that you know, other than the headliners like Keytron Jackson, um, you know, a couple of guys who jump out to me as uh, players to watch this fall, um, and, and one in particular who his first two games has looked pretty good is Chase Lowry. Um, he's a two-way guy from Frisco High School uh, here in the, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. He projects the corner for Arkansas. Uh, we have him rated as an 86, which is a, is a strong three-star grade. Um, he, he's, he started the year really well. He, uh, you know, he plays in a a pretty old school run oriented offense as a receiver, but he still had 750 receiving yards last year. And uh, he's kind of picked up where he left off on that side of the ball. Uh, and he, he's also, I know he had, inter- I think a game ceiling interception in their opener a couple weeks ago. And then last week he had another interception that was wiped out by an offside penalty uh, from a teammate. So he's somebody who jumps out, um, Jaden Wilson, a receiver from DeSoto, uh, DeSoto High School, another Dallas area school. Uh, He had four catches for 94 yards and their blowout against Converse Judson, a a San Antonio area power. Um, He has a 23-8 long jump. uh, And he's in the 6-2-6-3 range. His older brother is Dontre Wilson, who played at Ohio State. Um, So so he's got some, some... frame positive athletic profile uh, traits that are encouraging uh, that could pay off down the road. Um, as far as what they're trying to do to finish this class, you know, I think that something that to, to keep in mind, they already have 19 commitments. They're ranked 25th in the country, which uh, you have to consider this is pretty dang strong uh, for Sam Pittman and his staff. Um, I don't know how uh, how many more spots they're looking to get um, or looking to fill. Uh, I think something to uh, a keen uh, uh, keep a keen eye on the transfer market. I think with a team that you know they they the previous regime recruited pretty well, so there's some young talent that's still coming up the pipeline there. 
so what you may need to do is, is you know, backfill some of the older uh, classifications with some, some transfer guys. And I think that's something that uh, you'll, that, that, you know, that you'll want to watch out for from Arkansas. And what was the third question on that? The third question was, uh, what's the recipe for Coach Pittman to recruit his way above the Mississippi schools and compete more in the division? So I, I think he wants to know what what needs to happen. What does he need to tweak? What need, what needs to happen? Uh, what kind of things does he need to do differently to put Arkansas uh, above the Mississippi schools? Well, one thing I think that is, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, easy to see, but if if you just look at their commit list and you look at the states that they're from, um, you're going to see a lot of Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Um, I think that, that, you know, I wrote the feature here recently about what we like about their class. And uh, I want to say that 16 of their 19 commitments are from Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And when you're Arkansas and you can get good quality SEC level players from that close to home because, you know, in state Arkansas doesn't have a big recruiting base like Texas uh, or Georgia or the Florida schools or, you know, the state of California. Um, but it's within very close proximity to Texas and Louisiana, which is a per capita monster when it comes to recruiting. Um, and Oklahoma has had some really good, the, the state of Oklahoma has had some really good classes here lately. So I think that, um, you know, a strong in-state 22 class in Arkansas, which it looks like it's going to be, and and continued success um, that they've shown early on in their regime in Texas and Oklahoma. They've got some really good players out of Oklahoma in this class, like Kewan Parker, uh, Javion Hunt, A.J. Green. I think that, you know, recruiting as well as you can from this four-state region and then, you know, going after a guy here and there in Florida, uh, in Georgia, you know, Pittman's experience from coaching in that part of the country, I think is a very good, uh, the, the early returns I would say are very good. Yeah. And, and I think obviously with a top 25 class, which Arkansas has right now, I mean, that's, that's nothing to really ignore. And when you factor in all the talent that should be coming in with the talent that they have there, I think development should be a key ingredient in that formula. Once you start to develop that talent and and get some older players in the, in the system that know what they want to do both on both on offense and defense, I think it should help. And, and from a recruiting standpoint, uh, I think everyone gets a fresh start, right? With Mike Leach, specifically in the Mississippi schools that he was mentioning there, Mike Leach in his first year, uh, coach Kiffin, Lane Kiffin at, at Ole Miss in his first year, uh, and then even, I mean, if we want to throw out Deion Sanders at Jackson State, um, you know, all in their first year. So I think everyone gets a fresh start and everyone can kind of start to maneuver the way they want to in recruiting. We are joined by Gabe Brooks. He covers college football recruiting for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. Brooks, before we let you go, the last question is is more of a topic. You know, you've had a, a nice little run here where you're tackling uh, the, the you know some things that you like from specific recruiting classes, and and one that was a big hit on the Oklahoma board that I wanted to bring on here on the podcast was you know the three things that you like from Oklahoma's class right now heading into you know the tail end of of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that jumps out is the offensive firepower at the top with uh, quarterback Caleb Williams, five-star player out of Washington, D.C., um, the receiving talent, um, you know, the Florida standout, Mario Williams, Cody Jackson out of the Houston area, uh, another, uh, uh, you know, Maryland, D.C. area player, Jaleel Farouk. So the, the positions that you see, you know, the quarterback, receiver, offensive playmakers – Lincoln Riley team is always going to have that in their class. But I think the thing that really, um, you know, that's, that Sooners fans should be uh, really fired up about is the edge talent. Um, it, it's not only quality talent, but they have numbers in this class. They have four four-star edge defenders, um, you know, who are projecting to, uh, you know, they, they could project to an end spot in their three-man front, or they could rush the linebacker on the edge. Uh, or rush the passer as a linebacker on the edge. Um, one, you know, the guy at the top of that list is Clayton Smith from Texas High in Texarkana. Uh, he had a, a, an eight tackle and four sack game in his opener. Um, super long and athletic, uh, 20 sacks as a junior. Um, Kelvin Gilliam is another one, um, another uh, a guy out of Virginia. Uh, Ethan Downs, uh, homegrown talent, uh, a 6'4", 240 guy with very strong overall athletic profile, uh, you know, multiple sports and plays both ways. And, has, I mean, he's, he's done everything from play tight end to take handoffs to put a hand on the ground on defense to stand up on the edge, um, you know, really overwhelms kind of the uh, somewhat smaller school competition he faces. You know, a guy like that, you want to see him dominate their competition, and that's what he's done so far. Uh, and then, you, you know, Nathan Rollins-Kabongi is, is – uh, you see 6'7", 240 neighborhood, uh, and especially as somebody – I mean, he's, he's a really good football player, but, but to tell you how athletic he is is that he's been evaluated by our basketball staff. He was a, a former commit to Washington State in basketball. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he ever decommitted from the Cougars, so they might be getting Nathan Rollins-Kabongi and he might be playing football for Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. So see, they've got these guys that the, you know, and that was my other thing is the multi-sport athleticism on defense. It kind of goes hand in hand. You've got these, you know, four edge type uh, defenders, uh, all of them play multiple sports. And then you've got uh, Caleb Johnson who projects the corner and he, he's been playing receiver uh, for Greenville high, just East of Dallas, uh, a 10, five, 800 meter guy, which, you know, that's rolling. Um, so you have you have some real talent. You know, I know the OU fans are, are not real happy about the defensive uh, performance uh, of late, but I think uh, you keep this class intact. And, and you know, Clayton Smith, Caleb Johnson, um, Ethan Downs, Kelvin Gilliam, uh, Jordan Mukes, who's a 6'3", 6'4", uh, safety, maybe grows into uh, – hybrid line you know outside linebacker off ball linebacker um who you know, is a real bouncy basketball player um you know they have a number of guys on defense in this class who they should be pretty excited about who uh, they, they'll have a chance to develop into some pretty pretty good uh, impact players over the next few years yeah so it sounds like oklahoma and lincoln riley have some reinforcements on the way on the defensive side of the ball to try to shore things up and uh, obviously get them to that next level which they have, have not yet been able to to get to gabe thank you so much for for joining us enjoy your weekend 
For sure. You too. Appreciate it. All right. That's Gabe Brooks. You can follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. A reminder, if you want your recruiting question on the next episode that we feature a mailbag edition here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, the best way to do that is to leave your question in a five-star Apple podcast review. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy week six of the college football season.